everybody. My name is Dietrich Wingpole and welcome to the Good Steward Podcast. I am thrilled and excited because it's another episode. In the previous episode, we continued the Defining Moment series where Jesus walked on water. It was a pivotal defining moment because this was the first time that the disciples identified Jesus as Son of God. And the driving force or the main point of last episode was do not miss Jesus. Do not miss out on his divinity. Divinity, excuse me. It is time to learn who is this Jesus. So we're going to continue the Defining Moment series. And I firmly believe that when we closely examine this moment, when Jesus is tested in the wilderness, there's just so much to unpack so much to learn about this Jesus. So today we will examine Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11. Before we dive deep into scripture, let's take a moment and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you for granting us another opportunity uh, as we gather as a community, as a body, to learn more about your word, to learn more about Jesus. At this time, our hearts and our minds are prepared uh, to receive your word. And I'm praying, oh God, and I invite the Holy Spirit at this time to give us insight and revelation uh, to understand scripture. Um, We know that um, examining these scriptures are beyond human comprehension. Uh, But I'm praying, oh God, that you give us this special revelation, this insight um, as we examine scriptures um, so that Our faith continues to grow. And we say this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So as I mentioned before, we will examine Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. So let's begin. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. All right, let's stop right there. Already in the first verse, we have to take a moment and pause. Look at this key word. Jesus was led by who? The spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, or the translation is to be tested by the devil. Jesus was led by the spirit, led by the spirit. So why am I emphasizing this? We understand that Jesus is divine. He is God. And we also notice that throughout scriptures, Jesus submitted to authority. He submitted to the authority of God, the father and the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, right? John the Baptist was like, like I shouldn't baptize you. And, 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 and Jesus was essentially saying that this is my father's will. So he partake in water baptism to submit to the the father's will. In this particular case, this was moments after he was baptized, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested and authenticated. That is very important. We recognize that Jesus is God. He is divine, but he humbled himself, submitted to his co-equals, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, to be tested and authenticated. You see, when God puts us through a test, this is a moment in our lives where he sharpens our character. Now, 
I want to air out a word of caution. This isn't me saying that Jesus is flawed in order to in order that his character must be sharpened. That's not the case. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit because he's demonstrating the submission of the Holy Spirit, the will of the Holy Spirit and the will of the Father. This is very important because we recognize his divinity right? And when we recognize his divinity, we recognize also his humility, his humility. Because if you were to submit to God, the father and the Holy spirit, even though you are God, what does this say about Jesus humility? It says a lot about his humility. It says a lot about him. And I think that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to fast for 40 days and 40 nights to show us to not neglect the workings of the Holy Spirit, the workings of the Trinity. And that's very important. That is a pivotal lesson to learn in this particular moment. So let's continue. So in verse two, after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are son, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's take a pause right there. And it drives us to another key point. Even though Jesus could have turned stones into bread he could have what he did again submitted to the will of the father the purpose of him being fat of, of being in the wilderness and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights is to submit to the will of the father that was the will of the father to fast 40 days and 40 nights so that jesus is prepared for the ministry for his mission. See, Jesus alone could have used his supernatural powers to convert stones into bread, but he did not. Even though Jesus was hungry and he had this craving of food, his physical needs, he resorted to the most important craving which is a spiritual craving, which he said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He is referring to God's word. So even though Jesus is hungry, he's weak because he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He still yield to the greater importance of his word, God's word. And that's very important because we live in an age where we think that the if we meet or if our physical needs are met, whether it's that we have more money, we have more opportunities, etc., etc., that these things will sustain us. And even though in the case of bread that's mentioned in scripture, which is a staple, by the way, the greater need, the greater craving that we as believers must partake 
is a spiritual craving for God's word is the true sustainer of our lives. And I think that is very profound. Jesus could have used his spiritual power to crave in to his desire for food, but he yield to a greater desire, which is the word of God. That's very powerful. Let's continue. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord, your God to the test. This right here is a cross reference to Deuteronomy uh, chapter six, verses 16 and Exodus chapter 17. Just for context, this is where the Israelites were on a journey to the promised land. This journey could have taken them 11 days, but instead they're on this journey for 40 years. And in Exodus 17, this is where the Israelites tested God. They tested him, right? They tested him in question of his promises. So if we were to look and examine that moment when Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test, what Jesus is essentially saying is that he knew the promises of God. He knew his mission on earth, which is to be the atonement of humanity's sins. He came on this earth to die and to save the world, right? And this right here is very powerful because how many of us, right, question and even test God on the very promises that he has in store, right? When we test God in a placement of doubt, what we're really saying is that, you know what? I don't really trust you. I don't really have much faith in you. I don't trust your word. So what we're essentially saying to ourselves is that God is a liar. God is a liar. If God promised if he's a promise keeping God, let's truly put him to the test and truly see if he's real, real as in, is he going to do what exactly what he's going to say, what he said. And I think that's very important uh, to highlight in this particular moment when Jesus, he knew that he had a mission. He had a mission. He knew he knew the will of the Father, why he came on earth. And I think that sometimes, you know, when we go through adversity, when we go through things that are uncertain, you know, it's very easy to question God. Like, God, why are you putting me through this? But we know that every situation, every circumstance is for our good. So in the midst of the test, just like Jesus face the test. We need to continue to hold true to God's 
promises because God is a promise keeping God. He is a man who shall not lie. Let's continue reading from verses 8 to 11. So the rest of the text. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Wow. That, again, is very powerful. It's very powerful because what the devil or the tempter was essentially saying is that if you abandon God the Father and you worship me, which is idolatry, I will give you all the splendor, all the kingdoms of the world. I will make a name for you. And let's take a moment and pause right there. You see, we live in a world where even if you look at social media, we think that once we obtain materialistic things, once we establish a platform, a brand, a business, etc., we're getting ourselves in this dangerous territory of self-sufficiency. We are getting ourselves a path of self-sufficiency and idolatry, which means that we have put these things above God. And this is, to no surprise, what the Israelites were doing throughout history. But in particular, when they were in the wilderness. Notice here that in this account, when Jesus is tested in the wilderness, this is a direct comparison when the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. So the Israelites then fall into idolatry because they lost faith in God. They no longer obeyed his word. And what we see here in Jesus is that even though that Jesus is God, he still submitted to the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is to obey his commands. So why would Jesus again, if he's God, obey the commands of the Father? We know that Jesus is the living word. He was there with the Father since creation. He is God. He is a co-equal of God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And again, this speaks of Jesus' humility. This truly does. This truly does. Because his response on this path, if he were to accept the offer from the devil, is a path of self-sufficiency. Similar to the path that he could have turned stones into bread. He could have. But he depended on the Father. He depended on the Father's word. And I think that's something to be very, very keen on. So what do we learn from this particular circumstance? 
is that when Jesus was tested in the wilderness, he submitted to the will of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He submitted to the will of the Father by again using the enemy's attack by meditating on the word of God. And therefore, we know that Jesus submitted to authority. He submitted to the first two of the Trinity, the God, God of God of the Father and the Holy Spirit. So I'm just absolutely amazed of how humble Jesus is. And from this particular circumstance, it shows us that this is how we should deal with temptation. This is how we should deal in our everyday lives is to submit to the workings of the Holy Spirit and to constantly meditate on God's word and to obey it and to obey it. So for those who are given into temptation, my encouragement to you is take courage, to truly take courage, because Jesus was tempted in every way, and yet he did not sin. He empathized with us. This moment right here captures Jesus' humility. That's a component that we should not overlook. And our response to temptation is the word of God. So my challenge to you is that let's continue to examine these scriptures together. To learn more about this Jesus. Because his actions, his words, is a model that we should subscribe and conform. Praise God.